0: Welcome to Coffee with Kim. I'm Kim Kelp and every week you and I sit down with fascinating, smart and talented leaders, CEOs and founders so that we can copy their homework. If someone knows how to do something really well, I wanna know what it is and exactly how they're doing it. Get ready for aha moments, gems of wisdom and little known tips and tricks that we can steal and use in our own lives. If you wanna join these conversations and ask these experts your own questions, no point in just me having all the fun. Join us on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern live over on LinkedIn. Hi, it is so good to see you. I'm sending you a big cheers, a seriously, you're awesome cheers from Austin, Texas. I have missed this so much. It has been a couple weeks since we all got together for our caffeine fix, but we're back in action and it feels so good. I hope that the holidays and the New Year's left you refreshed and excited and ready to jump into an amazing 2022. And if you started off the year a little slow, a little hard to kind of get in the swing of things we got you. You're here now. And you're going to be surrounded by amazing people who just like you are all working to push themselves forward and make themselves better by copying really smart people's homework, which is kind of our thing here. So big hi to Kelly and Jeff and Anya and Giacomo and Jen and Mark and Danny. And just if you haven't said hi already, I promise we are a very fun group here. And we'd love making new friends. So drop a hello in the chat. Let us know where you're coming in from. And if you're feeling up to it, what's in your cup? I will go first. I'm coming in from Austin, Texas. And I have some chai tea with me today because I was feeling a little low on the caffeination front. So I'm excited to see you guys all back here. It's going to be a super fun session today because we have one of my new friends. Shed joining us, and he is going to let us in on a ton of tips and tricks all about listening and leadership, two of my favorite topics. And I felt that this was a really strong session for us to start off the year with because we've all heard the saying, listen, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should be doing more listening than talking. But in practice, that is very hard. And it is also hard in practice to really feel like not only are you listening to someone, but you are hearing them. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you're listening, but people aren't like hearing you. We've all had, we've all had those situations. So I'm excited today to dig into that because I think that will set you and I up to be better leaders as we move on and move up in the world in 2022. So hi to Jessica from University of Florida to Tolang, I'm definitely saying that wrong from Botswana. So good to see you and Jonathan coming in. Oh my gosh. we have such a great group. Uh, keep saying hi in the chat, keep adding your thoughts and comments. Cause like I said, we're talking in real time and you are going to have a front row seat with shed. So it's not just me, you're in on it too so raise your glass from wherever you are and help me and welcome shed hello hi friend
1: i've been zoomed in
0: you've been zoomed in like a rocket ship
1: is has it has your dad gone surfing yet today
0: he went yesterday but he hasn't gone yet today i know it's, it's, a it's hard quite life.
1: good it's great dad content i mean there's a lot out there but Mucho Benno.
0: Thank you. I try on Instagram to really feature. He gets more reactions than I do. So I feel like if I just center him in my Instagram stories, it's like it's fire every time.
1: <laughs> I was thinking, does he deserve his own like Kim managed Instagram channel? But you know what? You just got to go with the content that's working. So
0: I've pitched fun. that. I've pitched that idea. I've been like, Hey, Let's start. Yeah. He has no interest. He has no interest, but I I see the vision. I'm like, this could be, (laughs) you know, sometimes people, they don't get it. They're not seeing what we're seeing.
1: That's okay. They will, they will, you, you can't force a horse to drink water, but you can lead them there. It's
0: true. It's okay. Wait. So you have to take your turn. Where are you coming in from? And then what's in your cup?
1: I what's in my cup is some Nespresso. Uh, I usually go tea and then nespresso, but I was feeling a little little dangerous today. and so we'll see if my uh, my caffeine jitters uh, settle in but I I, I might uh, I might dose with some water as well. Uh, and I'm joining you from Toronto, Canada snowy, snowy Toronto, Canada. We got three feet of snow this week.
0: I mean, I feel like there's been this whole cold front that's just like blasted us all. It's bananas. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else, has been blasted by the cold but i'm 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 sending you my sympathies cuz i mean i don't i'm personally not a fan
1: we got we got cold with flakes not just the cold but the flakes that come with the cold and lots of them yeah. so but yeah
0: well we're sending warm thoughts in our minds we're <laughs> sending warm thoughts out i don't know if they're going to come true but not global warming thoughts not to be confused with those we don't want any of those except okay that. so Thank you. I was really excited to talk to you because I feel like your message is true all the time, obviously, but I feel like it's especially resonates at the start of the year. I don't know. It just feels like a blank page. feels like a new chance to kind of like rewrite the rules. Do you feel like it's the type of thing where it's, it's easy for people to just kind of like start on a fresh foot?
1: I mean, so I think a few things. I mean, one, let's face it, a new year is completely arbitrary. Um, It's a turn of a calendar. However, it marks a moment of reflection and pause. Um, And though, you know, I think anyone is allowed to declare, much like you can say, my fiscal year starts August 7th. Like, you're allowed to do that. I think, you know, I'm... I'm more of a fan of you know writing my wife a love letter on August 14th than February 14th because like everyone does it on February 14th, how many people do it on August 14th? And so I think you know um, first and foremost Jan 1 is but a turn of the calendar year, but yet it's it's, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to reflect, make commitments. Um, the biggest thing with commitments and what I think you do so lovely with your community. Kim, is instead of keeping it in here, write it down and say it aloud to people who can help hold you to account. Um, if you write down a goal, your ten. If, pardon me, if you think of a goal and don't do anything with it, but keep it here, your likelihood of accomplishing it is about 10%. If you write it down, 45%. If you declare it with people who have your back and you have their back, north of 80%. So this stuff matters. Um, You know, accountability is never to a number. Accountability is to a person. I think the other thing that's going on in the world right now is there is a shift in power dynamics. So power, as defined by my friend Tiziana Cachiaro, who wrote the book Power for All, is power is when you hold possession over valued resources.
0: Okay. So,
1: So... You have access to a community and to a live, you hold power. Google Chrome has power over us right now because StreamYard says go through Google Chrome. So (laughs) StreamYard and Google Chrome has power over us, right? Um, Of course, a a boss who, who can help us get a raise, get a job, uh, get a promotion, they have power. Um, And there's a shift in dynamics because of this thing called great resignation and great talent shuffle, that all of a sudden there's greater power, basic economics, supply and demand. There's a lower supply of talent and a higher demand of talent. And so, you know, I think for the most part, the great resignation, people like completely resigning from their roles. Um, I got this from a new friend, um, Steve Pemberton, who works at Work Human. His view is that the great resignation is more around your typical blue-collar workers where they're saying, I'm not getting paid well, the culture is awful, um, uh, and there's no flexibility, I'm out. Um, Typically for knowledge workers, it's the great talent shuffle. People aren't necessarily resigning and then not going back to work, they're switching, and they're voting with their feet. People don't leave companies, they leave bosses, And so they're trying to join something newer or better that hopefully has more flexibility uh, and good culture. And people are actually willing to lower pay for better flexibility and better culture. And so I think this conversation on leadership and listening is valuable now, not just because it's a new year, but also what's going on. Um, And the fact that people want to feel as though they matter. And they do.
0: And they do. How do we... What do you think is the biggest... I totally agree with Jessica's point. People do want to work, but they want to work in environments that exactly what you said. They feel welcoming. They feel listened to. They feel heard. They feel valued. They feel appreciated. If we are either first-time leaders, so maybe some of us here are kind of new in the management, or, hey, you can always teach an old dog new tricks. You know, you can always... Even if you've been a leader for a while... What do you think are two or three, whether they're bullet points or tactics or things that we can keep in mind to say, okay, you know, given this sort of talent reshuffle that's going on or whatever, I need to make sure that I'm doing X. Is it like checking in with my staff every week? Is it mm. like, what are some of those things that we can be doing to make others feel heard and seen and appreciated?
1: Yes. So I, I'm writing about this right now. So I, I think one of the biggest issues, I mean, there's a pervasive view, Kim, of leadership, and I see it out there in the conversation on LinkedIn and when I'm working with clients and just speaking with friends. There's a pervasive view that leaders suck. <laughs> and yet they don't want to. Like no one wakes up in the morning and is like, oh, like I'm going to make this day worse for Kim today. Like very few people do that. Like they, like, like a, a a percentage of a percentage, I think, and yet, how do we get into this situation where our pervasive experience of leaders is that they are awful? Um, and working virtual doesn't make it easier; it makes it harder. It's not that culture is impossible in this setting; it just takes more work. You know, because I can say my office door is always open, but what good is that if I'm on Slack and in Zoom? You know, not only is that pa- that's like doubly passive leadership. And so I think the conversation is first, we need to define what do we mean by leadership, then select better leaders and then support leaders better. So I think we have no standard definition of leadership. I'll take from my friend and colleague, Simon Sinek, who wrote in Leaders Eat Last, and I know you're a fan of Simon's work, in Leaders Eat Last, he writes that leaders aren't the ones who are in charge. Leaders are the ones who take care of people in their charge. Leadership Mm -hmm. is about vision, leadership is about care, and leadership is about trust. I'm willing to go where you're going, not for you, but for me, because of the way you make me feel. And I get the sense that you aren't using me as a cog in your machine. You view me as a human being with potential to develop. And I'm willing to run through walls for you because you've run through walls for me. Like that's leadership. Mm -hmm. then We need to select leaders based on that definition. If we don't, we're just selecting high performers who are more likely to become toxic leaders, not to their fault. Like put someone who isn't secure in their own abilities and strengths, how are they supposed to effectively lead others if they can't even lead themselves? Like, I'm really sorry. And then worse, once people are in roles of leadership, on average, Kim, there's a 12 year gap between when someone gets their first management role, which is typically at age 30, and when they get their first formal management training, which is age 42. So well,
0: yeah, I was going to say there's, there's no, like, it's not like in college, you took like leadership 101 followed by leadership 102. Like there was no like right. leadership school. I mean, I think maybe you got to be like the line leader at one point and like elementary school. And the teacher was like, this is what you do as the line leader. Mm-hmm. You know, you lead the line and you stay quiet in the halls. But that was, I feel like the less real training we got of, of what leadership is like
1: yes i mean it's and the the analogies between um leadership and parenthood are huge yeah. um you know i'm a father of two young kids I, I could read as many books as i wanted to shadowed my friends or my you know siblings or aunts or uncles or whatever uh i mean i was a i was a product of a, of of parents <laughs> And yet there was not much I could do to get prepared for the role until I was in the role. And that's when the work, I mean, it, it, it begins as soon as you want for it to begin. But there's a difference. My friend Rich DeVinny, who wrote the book, The Attributes, there's a difference between a skill and an attribute. So a skill is something that can be taught or learned. Listening is actually a skill. Like you and I could go to a two-hour class on how to be a better listener and we have tactics. Oh, you're doing it right now. Active listening, nod, repeat, like, like great, but I can't teach you compassion. Like that's an attribute. Right. Right? Right. And so, but it but it behooves us to talk about this because there are certain leadership attributes, uh, service orientation, empathy or compassion. I'm a big, a bigger fan of compassion over empathy. Decisiveness, authenticity, you know, there are certain recipes, courage, that make a great leader. Um, and yet, these attributes, some of us are born with more of them than others, doesn't mean we're doomed. Like, if I want to be more compassionate, I can put myself into situations that have me grow my compassion muscle. And all growth, all transformation on the attribute side come from within, right? So like, right. I, I could say, I want to be more patient. I should go to the grocery store and wait in the longest line on purpose, or, you know, go on Google maps to where I'm driving and purposely pick the longer, more scenic route or, or have children right. great for, for patients. I thought I was patient right. until I had them. So I, I think like to your, to your question six or seven minutes ago, of what can someone do who's in a role of leadership? I promise I'll get there. I mean, I think one of the best things a leader can do is ask their, before you talk about business or the results or productivity, build in the time to ask your people how they're doing and genuinely care to hear the answer. Um, And if you do that, when your relationships increase, so do your results over the long run. Right. nobody when cares you ask no, some, when knows. you ask
0: somebody kind of how they're doing and they start to answer you I I like this question that Giacomo is bringing up which is okay I've asked somebody how they're doing you know I, I've talked to them a little bit how much how much empathy or or how important is that? once once you kind of because you everyone can kind of click the check like yeah i I asked how they were doing but if yeah. it's just a check mark then that's kind of just going through the motion so how much empathy do you bring into the game
1: i mean so so again i think so there's a couple things one i want to talk about the difference between a leader and a driver um uh, i also wish to talk about so i'm more of a fan of compassion than i am of empathy so so s- Sympathy is, um, I'm sorry you feel that way. Eh, not good. Uh, That actually creates more separation and division. Empathy is, I feel what you feel. But empathy isn't available all the time. Like, you're a different gender than I am. You've lived in different places. Um, uh, Like, I can't have empathy for everything that you experience. I I can't have... Uh, empathy for uh, a a black male who lives in the south of Georgia, no matter how much I tried, like, I really do care. But I think the conversation should be compassion, which is your feeling. And I want to work really hard to attempt to understand what you're feeling. And I may never actually be able to feel what you feel. But I know you're feeling and I care about that. That I think is better. Um, and then the conversation, the difference between a leader and a driver. So I see a lot out there that people kind of crap on managers. Like that's not leadership. That's management. I mean, like raise your hand or hop into the chat here. How many of you hold the title or have held the title or know someone who holds the title manager, everyone, right? Everyone and management is not a bad thing. Like we need managers. And managers are the only people inside of organizations who can influence up, who can influence side to side with their peers, and who can influence down. The only ones. And so I think the conversation we should be having is, are you a leader or are you a driver? Drivers view people as cogs in a machine. And so you could say, I'm gonna ask people how they're doing because that's what you do so that you can get their discretionary effort. But if they don't perform, I'm like Dr. Evil who pushes a button and then bam, they're in the depths of Mordor and never exist. Good luck with that, with your psychological safety and speak up culture. Or, you know, and and when when your brake pads run out on your car, do you mourn the brake pads? No, nope, you buy new ones. Leaders, however, view their people, their team, their organization as what it is, which is a living, breathing organism. A company is not bricks and mortar or the cloud. A company is always made up of people. And when the going gets tough, it's never the numbers or or technology that save you, it's people. And so, um, It's uh, it's always the people. And so leaders who know that and embrace that, have patience, have compassion, have care, um, and extend it, not for free. Um, and quite frankly, when they extend it, people wish to work for you and work harder for you. And when you're willing to let someone take a promotion away from your team, cause it's the right thing for their career, you build loyalty with the team and with
0: them. I hate that though. I've done that and I don't like it.
1: Oh, what? Like let someone go and move up because it's what's right for them. Yeah, yeah. Just like it's really hard letting your kid go uh, go off to college or or university and leave the nest. Really hard to do, but it's kind of a requirement if you want your your adult to become self sufficient.
0: (laughs) It's true. It's true. I love this. I love this point as well. In terms of can you be both? Can you be a leader and a driver?
1: Ooh, hi Kinga. That's a great question. So. Um, semantics, but here's what I think. So, so leader as someone who, so driver, as someone who views their people as a cog in a machine, no, but can you be a leader who is driven and a leader who helps foster and creates performance? Absolutely. So long as we know that there's inputs that get us our outputs. Leaders who prioritize the outputs above else aren't leaders, they're drivers. Leaders who know that it's the inputs that get them the outputs, you are now a driven leader uh, or a leader who helps foster an environment uh, that creates optimal and high performance. It's a good question. And
0: I also wanted to raise at this point the Maria test just brought up, which is. I think sometimes when we talk about leaders and drivers, like everyone's mental image goes to an office space, goes to like a conference room. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to bring up this point, like it can be a snack. It can be over coffee. Like it doesn't, like you are a leader or a driver or you're all this all the time. You could be this in Starbucks. You could be this behind a desk. You could be this at home. You could be this via Zoom. That it really is a sort of embodiment more so than just like, I am at work now so I have put on my leader hat like you are you all the time.
1: For sure, which is why when you're interviewing people, hey, before we start the interview, let's go grab you know, come with me for a walk to Starbucks. Right. And see how they treat the person when they order their their drink.
0: Should I that also used need to do that or- on dates? On dates if anybody's dating that was always good. It was like, how do you treat the waiter? Yeah. That's always a big one.
1: Yeah. On my, so I, on my first date with my now wife, we sat across the table from each other, which is so awkward. Um, uh, And we were in, we were in a coffee shop at like eight 30 at night. And I'm like, do you want something to eat or drink? And she's like, no. She's like, do you? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to sit here looking at you awkwardly while we're not paying our rent for the table that we're sitting at. I said, do you want to go for a walk through the bookstore? That's right next door. And it's one of these big, you know, Barnes and Noble esque bookstores. And I'm like, I got a night. I'm no fool. I want to see what books she's interested in because I'll learn Mm -hmm. about her based upon, Oh, she's into Brene Brown. Giddy up. I'm into Brene Brown as well. Like, so uh, yeah, that was another trick.
0: By the way, is anyone not into Brene Brown?
1: People who don't yet know Actually, I'm
0: curious. (laughs) Type in, throw in the chat if you have no idea who Brene Brown is. And there's no shame. I'm just like curious if we're just talking about people and people are like, I have no idea who that is. So I'd be really curious. Um, I did like this question from David though too, when it comes to kind of being present and having that leadership type thought process is I feel like sometimes with management, you feel the responsibility to kind of always know where the ball's going to go to use like a sports example. Mm -hmm. So like how much do you stay present versus like kind of anticipating like, okay, I got to keep the meeting on track or okay, we got a client coming in in 30 minutes. Like how do you divide that aspect up?
1: Yeah. So one, I don't think you should have to hold it all. Which is why I believe in co-facilitation. Or, hey Frank, can you keep track of time and create a system? Okay. Flash up this yellow card when we have fifteen minutes to go. You know, um, there's also, you know, it's kind of artful facilitation when here's the agenda for our meeting, but then you get into the meeting and it's obvious that different conversations need need to happen. You know, news flash. Agendas and objectives and meetings can change as you get to the agenda and the objectives of meetings of which you can go, hey, so, so, so and so I actually don't think you need to be here because we're, we're not getting to item three and I don't want to waste your time. What do you think? Um, the other thing that I think is important, you know, um, is you, you don't get to call yourself a good listener. And in fact, if anyone says I'm a really good listener, like feel free to run away from them. Um, You know, like, you can't like, I'm really empathetic. Okay, you know, you don't get to decide that you're present. You don't even get to decide that you're funny. You are funny when people laugh at your jokes. Right. And this Mm -hmm. is the same with like, you aren't a great listener until someone says, thank you for listening. You make me feel safe and heard. Right. I didn't feel like you were rushing me. You know, And like, when I'm listening to someone and I get distracted, I don't pretend that I've heard them. I just say, I'm really sorry. Can you repeat that? Yeah. Right. You know, either because I said something good and I want to listen again, or I just got a text from my wife and I totally got distracted and just be honest. Um, Right. And so, so yeah, I mean, when there's so many things to be aware of, what time is it? What's the temperature in the room? What's for lunch? Like, you don't have to hold it all. Um, design it with your team of, as to who can hold what, if that is possible. Um, and it's actually a leadership opportunity to be like, Nancy's in charge of lunch. Not me.
0: Ask Nancy. I don't know what we're having. Turkey, ham.
1: Frank and Nancy. What are they doing? Yeah.
0: No, it's a good point. And I mean, I feel like you, listen, you've obviously been seeped. I didn't even give everybody a 411. I just assumed that everyone did their own Google stalking of you. But if they haven't, you have been seeped deep, cocooned in the leadership space for many, many, I won't say many, many years because you're all of 21.
1: Uh So I'll say
0: just a few years. Um, What do you think is the most common either complaint or things that you just see over and over again that you walk into an organization or you walk into a group and you're like, there it is. Clear as day. Per per use. Here we are. Same thing.
1: So um, I think it's leaders and organizations who put performance over trust. And then even worse, don't have the type of culture where we can actually talk about that. You know, I've I have a friend who, um, who, you know, made their career all about inclusion, um, just all about all the good human dignity stuff. And then they reached a level of seniority, very high seniority, had issues with someone who was uh, misogynistic, not respectful um, and essentially didn't live the values that were espoused, right? And culture doesn't live on what is in the halls or what happens when you don't touch your work computer for 15 minutes and then respect, tolerate. Like, no, Um, I'm a big believer in equation of culture, Kim, which is culture equals values times behavior. And the more power you have, the more you influence it. So if we have these great, so a, if you don't have values defined, good luck to you. That's like saying to your, to your people, it's the wild, wild west. Just like make it up. Like that's not going to go well. I'm a big believer in having values articulated as verbs or action phrases. Like Enron that went through a huge accounting scandal. They had values. They were communication, respect, integrity, and excellence excellence is the most meaningless value there ever is. Like Kim, do me a favor, more excellence this afternoon. Like it's totally meaningless. Or we could say, Kim, do more great work. And you're like, okay, that's something. So I think values ought to be identified as verbs or action phrases. And then we can never measure someone's values by what's on the wall. We measure someone's values based on their behaviors. Do you behave in line with with the sentiment? It's worth talking about what it means, um, and then the more power you have in an organization, the more you influence it. If you're a new junior staffer and you don't live the values, less well, of a big deal. If you're this, if you're the chief marketing officer, that's a big deal. Um, so values lives in behavior, and I'm forgetting the initial question that got us here, but maybe that was valuable to someone.
0: Wait. And I'm going to go off on a tangent, which is Jay, if you, I know earlier, some people were like, who is Brene Brown? So true. She's a Netflix special. Add that to the bucket list for the weekend or Scott's point, her Ted talk also great. Um, And also to Jen's point, dare to lead. Great. I mean, there's, there's so many good things. If you haven't heard of Brene Brown, these are all great resources that people are dropping in the chat and Jeff, as always hitting us up with the links so brilliantly. Um so I just wanted to close the loop. such a corny saying, but I'll say it anyways. Wanted to close the loop on the Brene Brown conversation on there. Um did and I, I also the just question want to know you did. You did. I mean I you did for me. If you okay. if you guys feel like he didn't answer it, ask it again in a more clarified way. Um <laughs> Uh, let's take this one on. And by us, I mean, you, um, we'll, we'll talk about it as, as a group, group mm-hmm. discussion, um, believing in trust more than performance, find yourself uh, in a place where cultures and values don't align.
1: So there, so there's a couple of things here, um, Julia, and I love the spelling of your name, which is yeah. the same as my favorite vehicle. And now for Romeo Julia. Um, uh, so, how can someone still believe in trust more than performance when you find yourself in a place where the culture and values don't align? So, a couple things. One, um, uh, uh, the tail can wag the dog. So, um, I've
0: never understood this phrase.
1: What I mean by this, so I've worked with organizations where there are people who aren't in the most senior ranks who want to lead this way who know that when they put trust as the input to get them performance and innovation and all the things, it works. Um, But the role of leader. So remember leadership is not a title. As my friend, Rich Devini again says, leaders are not born. Leaders are not made. Leaders are chosen based on the way that they behave. Anyone can choose to be a leader and you know, you're a leader when you have followers, not title, not status, not fame, not money, followers, people who willingly go where you're going, not for you, but for themselves. Um, And so uh, you're allowed to choose to be the leader that you want. Um, And the leaders among us don't go, oh, this will be a great culture when they, this will be a great culture when I embody this and try to create this for the people around me. now, here's what's fun. if you commit to leading this way and you have a little bit of protection, um, give it enough time and the traditional results will start to look really good. And then all those traditional leaders will come knocking and go, Julia, what's going on here? Um, the the morale is fantastic. Everyone in the organization wants to work on your team. Um, uh, the results are great. like what's up? And here? there's
0: always and there's always a favorite. Kind of like how you're not, like I can, I will say as myself, like managing people, like I always had favorites because (laughs) of that reason. It was like, you know, let's have some real talk. Yep. Like like, you, they, they, the, the culture that they Mm -hmm. formed within themselves, within the clients, within the vendors, it was awesome.
1: Yep. And it's, and it's not just aptitude. It's attitude. Yeah. Right. This is where, like, Uh. you can have someone who's a high performer, but they're a total jerk and no one wants to work with them. It's not going to go well. And so, you you know, Julia, absent of being in a culture that appreciates this, you can attempt to simply create it in what you can control and touch and see and feel. And then here's the fun thing, Um, either senior leaders will eventually notice because all the traditional metrics are wonderful. And they'll say, what are you doing differently? And you go, I'm putting my people and my purpose first, my values first. Can we do that? Yeah. You wanna teach us? Sure. You want a promotion? I'll think about it. Um, Or you've you've created such wonderful relationships with such wonderful people who go on to get promotions or join other companies. And if the organization you're with doesn't uh, live the values that you appreciate, you can follow people or bring people along you can jerry Maguire it bring people along who who, who do represent um the culture you want to be a part of
0: and if you decide like okay i you know kim is going to have a rockin leadership style everyone's going to want to work with her you know i'm in it like you kind of set yourself up with this vision or, you know, personal value statement, whatever it is that you're like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the person that people want to work with. I'm going to be the person that vendors want to come to all that sort of stuff. And you've made that decision, but you know, Lisa brings up a good point here about work from home and how it can be kind of hard as some people go back into the office, but some people are not in the office, but then that changes dynamics. If you've decided, okay, I want to be the, 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 kind of excited, centralized, awesome point of light within this organization. Do you think it's a different method of when you're at home versus when you're at the office or your tactics and kind of like the the values that you're bringing every day? Is it the same, no matter where you are, Zoom, home?
1: I mean, h- human beings are human beings. Um, yeah the context shifts. So, you know, Lisa, you also bring up, or you make me at least think of these, these hybrid models where yes. what happens when there is a portion of the workforce that is in office, some or right. all of the time people right. who are at home, some or all of the like, It's hard. And I've heard there's lots of, there's lots of conversations of, of people, especially those younger in their careers they are missing out on key networking opportunities. There's this thing called LinkedIn that works really well, that you're able to send wonderful messages to people you want to meet, um, and still network. And so though you're not in the cafeteria and though you might miss moments of serendipity, what I advise to people who are either in hybrid or completely remote virtual workplaces is unfortunately you have to manufacture serendipity, which is an oxymoron, but you have to use technology to be your friend. This again is the organizations that are gonna have the advantage who like if, if, I mean, I do have my own organization and I, and I hire people. Why would I ever say to a single mother in North Dakota, I'm very sorry, you're going to have to relocate to Toronto and come to my home office from nine to five every day. BS, like you can give me four and a half amazing, meaningful hours a day, bring it on. Um, and it's the responsibility of the organization to create a culture where people aren't left behind because of where they work or live. This is what it means to have a fully um, diverse, equitable, and inclusive organization. And you don't have to do it, but if you don't do it, you no longer have an advantage.
0: Well, you no longer have the advantage and you no longer have, I think, like a talent gathering, because you don't have other people being like, this place is awesome. Like you got to come over here because I think that word of mouth and that sort of genuine love and affection and excitement about a place, a person, a team, there's nothing better. You can't yep. buy it. There's not enough ads you could run on LinkedIn, you know, job promotions promoted, like nothing. There's yep. there's nothing that will beat that ever.
1: And And like, I'm not anti-office. Or anti anything. I'm just for people. I
0: like
1: Um, that. I'm I'm putting my. I'm wearing my uh, my my baby shark bandaid today. Thanks, everyone. Oh,
0: that's a good one. Is that Daddy Shark? Uh, I think so.
1: It's a shark. It's a shark. shark. I I am a Daddy Shark wearing a a, a baby shark bandaid. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just for people. So by all means, if it is fundamental to the strategy of your business that people need to be in person. Like you operate a fridge repair service. By all means, if you can do fridge repair stuff virtually, giddy up. But like, if you have something that it depends upon people being out in the field and being in person, by all means. Um, But someone who's running admin or accounting doesn't need to be in office or in a field. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's to the advantage of organizations um, that try to create a more inclusive work environment.
0: But here's an interesting point. Thank you, Anya, for making it. Is, is there like a fast pass? Is there a Disney fast pass when it comes to building trust? If you are a new hire or if you did just join a team or you're freelancing on a project or not full time, but you're excited and you kind of want to dive in and, and you know, just, just, just be. Is there a way to, fast track that trust, or is it really like, Hey, if you're a freelancer, or you have a side hustle or you're, you know, whatever it's, it's gonna be hard on those temporary projects to, to build that.
1: So it's, it's all context. So, okay. so a couple things, I mean, um, Adam Grant in his book, give and take, um, proves that reciprocity styles matter. So, yeah. um, so, you know a mere matter of weeks you and i weren't connected and a mutual friend connected us and because a mutual friend connects us versus me cold emailing you all of a sudden you're like ah eh, I'll chat with this guy my good friend dave put us in touch right yeah. so and and similarly if you go and join an organization let's ride on this disney fast pass disney yeah. has a reputation of they create magical experiences and they do so knowing that they must provide a great employee experience to get that great customer experience. So um, if you wanna fast track trust, go work for an organization whose culture and reputation is already strong. Um, Meaning that if you're in a role of leadership, there's already an expectation that you treat people a certain way. Um, Trust is also contextual. If you and I are in a burning building and a firefighter shows up, we are very much likely to trust that firefighter when they show up to our window with a ladder because it's context. But for most of us, uh, trust is drops in a bucket based on behavior, which means that unfortunately we can spill it if we say or do something that is counter to who we say we are. Now, trust can be built, trust can be maintained and trust can be repaired. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, there's a company, Chanel, I'm sure you've heard of Chanel. When they hire a new leader, that leader is not allowed to speak in a meeting for the first 90 days. Because so often, like imagine you're hired for your dream job for this illustrious fashion company. And like Kim goes in on day one and you're like, I have to prove that they made the right decision. And they're like, no, you don't. We already made the decision. Shut up and listen and learn, right? Um, I so, like that. so I think if you want to fast track, listen, um, listen. if you're in a, if you're in a new role, uh, I, I know a very senior person in, in, uh, public service that anytime she would get into a new role, she, she said to her team, I'm not making a single decision for the first 90 days, which means when you come to me in my office and the previous leader would just tell you what to do, I'm not going to because you know more than I do. So I will mm-hmm. ask you questions and put you into a situation where you will make the best decision possible. I might ask you more questions. I might say, have you considered, but I'm right. new here and you're not. Now what's wonderful is that day 91, she's already established and built the leadership capacity of her team for them to make decisions on their own because they're empowered, meaning she's given them her power and they feel more confident.
0: I mean, that, yeah, wow. That's incredible. I, lo- I, I, I love that. That's going to be one of those things that I noodle on. I can already tell during my run later today. I'm going to be noodling on that. Um, okay. Now, okay. Uh, this is the time in the talk where everyone wants to get out their pen and their paper. And we we just want to copy all your homework, right? Like you've already done it. We've already done all the learning. Um, we just don't even want to do it. We just rather copy yours. And we're all adults here, so that's okay. Now,
1: I'll just take out um, my my calculator to ensure that my work is actually right.
0: Okay, perfect. Jimmy, we, yeah, we want right answers only. Don't be giving us Don't be giving us the wrong answers.
1: Well, they well they're right for me.
0: Oh, well, that's true. That's it. I think they'll be right for us too. Then. Okay. That's what it. What is the best thing that you have started using? or doing lately that you love, like could be, I started doing this app every day, or I started doing like, don't say meditation. If you're going to say that someone (laughs) yesterday was like, Kim, you got to get it. And I was like, I already know what you're going to say. It's about the meditation enough, enough with the meditation. It's just, I'm not doing it yet. I don't, I'm working up to it. So you can't
1: well, say you can, that. You can say anything else. Well, you but so there. You can meditate when you run.
0: That's right.
1: True. Like meditation yes. is is losing your mind and yeah. body in something else until you. Anyway, um, uh, so for me, I would say the biggest thing that I've started to do um, is I'm listening to my mind and my body more. Um, I've come to realize that I'm a high achiever. Didn't know it until about recently which is kind of hilarious when I look back at the at my life. Um, and so I can get guilty of, of burning myself out and burning the candles at both ends uh, and like working too hard to the point that I need to take a week or two break or my motivation is low and I wonder how did I get here? And so I've started, um, particularly, I get in the bad habit of depending upon Uh, my evening hours to get work done and particularly like deep thinking work, like like that client report that needs to be thoughtful. But if I'm not feeling it, then it doesn't happen and it only gets worse. So there's a couple of things I've done. One, I've blocked Monday morning from like 9 to 11 a.m. as personal self-reflection time so that my Calendly doesn't automatically book and I'm not rushing into a Monday morning. Now I'm allowed to break that rule. If something important, I'm willing to, but that's my choice, not my calendar's choice. The other thing that I've done and it's worked well so far is particularly after I get my kids to bed and I come down and I clean up the house and whatever, if I don't feel like working, I don't. And I turn on the TV or I go for a walk or I talk to my wife or I phone a friend. Or I, I, I play my flight simulator app or I do my Wordle, whatever the bleep, but I don't work on purpose. And I wait for the energy and the motivation to come uh, so that I'm not forcing myself to do it because then I'm more depleted. Um, yeah. And it means that, you know, it doesn't work like a charm all the time, but it's worked well. And then I typically want to do the things that I'm putting off because I'm actually feeling the energy, giving some space, and then choosing.
0: Okay, three things. Number one, I do no meeting Mondays. I also sometimes break that, but I actually just said it as like an official thing for 2022, no meetings on Mondays. So that's my little spin on that. Um, number two, have you done your Enneagram yet? I
1: have. I have.
0: I was going to say, Jen, I feel like is probably like in her mind, like, I feel like you sound like a three. I don't know. Jen, back me up on that. Which the three?
1: Is that the high achiever one? Three is like
0: the high achiever one. Did you get a a, three?
1: I'm a primarily a two, which is helper.
0: Oh, you're a two. But I
1: swing three as well as my secondary, I think. So I, I care most about helping and helping others, which means that when I'm depleted, I will still offer to help someone, even if I know that it's to my detriment. Um, so I've gotten smarter at creating a bit of boundaries or letting people know, you know, this is what's going on for me. Uh, you're allowed to choose if you want to call on my help.
0: <laughs> I love that. And the last and, and the third thing, I just found out about this Wordle like three days ago. Apparently this has been a thing that people yeah. have been doing. I yeah, had my- no idea about this Wordle thing.
1: Yeah. i i I
0: played it i played it yesterday i got it it? on the fourth try okay so
1: my my sister sent me her wordle thing and it just looked like the the flag of jamaica and some numbers and i'm like cool i don't know what that means but like right on Mon.
0: yeah okay jen says lots of twos are high achievers okay jen checked us on that
1: cool thank you Jen. just
0: checking um okay what is the next thing that you are hoping to learn? Could be like, I want to learn a language or I want to learn coding. or I mean, what's kind of on your 2022 to learn list?
1: So I'm writing a book right now and it's the first time that I have, I've written chapters of books before, but I've never committed to having a book of my own. And so A, I'm forever grateful that I'm working with amazing people and a team. Um, I think there's a fallacy particularly, I think for any book, but particular business books that, Oh, if your name is on the cover, you've done all the work. No, you haven't. There is writing coaches and developmental editors and there's designers and there's researchers and there's people you interview and yada, 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 yada. Um, so one, I'm trying to learn how to write a book that I'm proud of that is useful that moves me to tears and I hope moves others to tears and action. Um, And the other thing is I care deeply about building community and movement. Um, The book I'm writing about is about speak up culture. How do we create environments in which people feel safe to share their ideas, their concerns, and even their disagreements? Um, Because if you do and you reward people for sharing what's going on for them, feelings and ideas and all the things, you have a great culture. Um, If you have an organization where you repeatedly ignore or punish people for speaking up, that is the kiss of death. Um, And leaders who do not listen will eventually be surrounded by people who have nothing to say. And then you miss opportunities, fail, or even uh, end up with disaster. Um, And if you look at the Boeing 737 MAX 8 disaster or the Challenger disaster, these are documented speak up culture issues. And with Boeing, 346 people died because of it, because they put um, expediency and money over safety. And so if I really, really want the world to change for the better, or not the world, just humanity's experience of it, because let's face it, we're renters, not owners. Um, uh, I really wanna build Um, community and I want people to run with these ideas make them their own and live them without me having to do it all because that's not going to be good or successful no
0: okay well because we like keeping people accountable how is the book writing going when can we expect a book when do we get to read an advanced chapter (laughs) let us in
1: um thanks the outline is done uh, which feels awesome because you know you go on this process and you're like, I think I have like three ideas, and then like, boom, thirteen chapters. Cool. Um, so uh, I'm now working to actually write the thing, uh, and it should be out. my My hope is the fall of 2023 is the current um, prediction, but I'm committed to talking about the ideas as I learn about them. Um, and as they morph and evolve, cause as an extrovert, um, I, uh, I learn as I speak and talk about them and get feedback live. So I'm just going to keep doing that.
0: That's why we're here. I like it. Okay. What are some accounts or humans that you follow on the social worldwide web, whether that's LinkedIn or Instagram that you're like, dang, man these folks this is some good stuff going
1: on uh the og ag adam grant i love his stuff um and adam from my my experiences with him he walks the talk he's a generous um uh real good person uh and so the truth bombs he puts out on the reg highly recommend uh adam grant for sure um there's this person, Kim Kaup. Uh, awesome. Fun. I I genuinely enjoy following along on your journey. It's quite fun. Um, on LinkedIn, I have a new friend. Uh, I've met him through the pandemic. Zach Mercurio out of Colorado. He's legitimately a professor of purpose. Um, and he does some amazing work. Um, and my good friend, Leanne Davey, as well. Um, Leanne is is a PhD, but you wouldn't tell she's like wacky and awesome. And she's so good at taking these things that become sort of pop culture or in the zeitgeist and breaking them down. Like, for example, everyone's talking about psychological safety, which means that people are bound to get it wrong. And I think sometimes we can actually use psychological safety as a scapegoat not to take a risk. Um, And so Leanne wrote this amazing article on her blog that is you know sometimes there's true legitimate like you are not psychologically safe there's gaslighting there's toxic positivity sometimes you're you have fear of aversive outcome which means you might bring an idea to a team meeting and the team might go prove it or i don't agree or have you thought of and people are like eh, that's not lack of psychological safety that's you actually having to pr- prove your work um yeah. and sometimes there's fear from ourselves which is we had a previous bad boss or there's baggage we're bringing in. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean it's not psychologically safe. We haven't necessarily leaned in um, and seen if this is a safe place or not. Um, Where do you
0: follow her? On LinkedIn or Instagram or where is she?
1: Mostly on LinkedIn. Mostly on LinkedIn. Leanne Davey, D-A-V-E-Y.
0: Okay, we'll find them. Yeah. Uh, And by we, I mean Jeff. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Jeff,
0: please find her. Please find her and add it. Um, okay. What is your 2022 goal? Do and I, I just want one? to say it,
1: it's Zach Mercurio, not Jack. Jack is my son. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, tw- what was that? 22 goal?
0: What's your 2022 like goal or big vision or something that you're like? It might just be finish the dang book.
1: So I don't I, know if
0: you even have one other than that, because that seems like such a big, like, Herculean task.
1: So, um, I mean, the so a good friend of mine, uh, Sasha Strauss, asked a question for a workshop of his that I sat in. And he asked the questions, how did you define yourself pre-pandemic? How do you define yourself during the pandemic? And how will you define yourself coming out of this thing whenever it's going to end? Are we ever... We will. It'll be a new, different world. But I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is just the variant that everyone gets, and then it's done. But we'll see. That's a different, that, a different. Do you day. remember
0: that song when we were growing up? I forget what it's from, but it's like this is the song that doesn't end. Yeah. yeah. What was that show? Wasn't it on Disney?
1: I don't know if it was Disney, but I know the song.
0: Yeah, and, Some and it just people goes. People
1: started through. singing it. Yeah. Um, yes. The good news about this fifth wave is at least yeah. we're not putting Clorox wipes to our watermelons. Like That's we know more about this thing.
0: The poor uh, watermelons. I know. We never asked for that.
1: No. So to answer your question, so I define myself pre-pandemic full out by my, um, my airline status. I'm not proud of it. But that wow. and I flew a lot and I tracked that thing and I would lie to you if I say I wasn't part of my identity. It was totally part of my identity.
0: Really? Um, okay, wait, how? Like you were like, I have to hit gold status on Delta type of thing?
1: Well, I'm I'm Star Alliance, not for just simply because of convenience. Not, not a feeling of loyalty, but it it, it was a thing. Like I totally defined myself as someone who would go on the road and do client work and, you know, and so it was a big part of what I paid attention to. Um, During pandemic, I defined myself by these things, which are my blue light glasses because zoom has been my natural habitat. Zoom has been my natural habitat and so to answer your question for 2022, certainly now and beyond uh, freedom, like I want to be able to make choice. Do I travel or do I not travel? Um, what do, what client work do I say yes to? What client work do I say? Like I just, I want to be more at choice as opposed yeah. to um, doing it because I have to, or doing it because that's what my calendar says. Like I, I just, I, I want to freedom choice is what I'm, trying to cultivate for 2022 and beyond.
0: I like it. Okay, if you could give us all, I know we're coming up to the top of the hour. If you could give us all homework that we had to do over the next week, could Mm -hmm. be to read a book, listen to a podcast. I don't know what it is. We like our homework assignments here. What would your homework assignment to us be to do? To help us be a better leader, listener, human, all that stuff.
1: Um, Two things. One, Adam Grant does an amazing podcast on Speak Up Cultures, um, uh, which is a huge inspiration for a lot of the clarity of my ideas on the book. So I'd highly recommend that one, uh, which is his work life podcast. Um, The other is to double click on what I said previously which is a definition of leadership is asking someone how they're doing and genuinely caring to hear the answer. And if you feel like they haven't completely answered the question, ask them again Um, and do that ahead of doing anything for work and build in the time because it will pay dividends. Relationship is the foundation of what we can accomplish.
0: Ah, what a beautiful sentence to end on. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Where can people keep learning from you, following you, getting book updates, all that good stuff.
1: So for the time being, Kim, I'm the only Steven Shudletsky in the entire world. And I'm told Shudletsky is like Smith in Poland. So no, it's not. Um, so all you Shudletskys out there don't name anyone Steven. And there aren't too many Shudletskys out there. Uh, so LinkedIn is where I'm most active. Uh, and I'm gonna have a new website up soon, shedinspires dot uh, com, but it's not ready yet. It'll be ready in about a month or so. Feel free to check it every day. Uh, but yeah, most active on LinkedIn, and please feel free to
0: connect. I love it. Well, everybody, run over if you haven't done it already. Send, shoot a note, say like, "Hi, I'm here. We got coffee together, and now I'm connecting," because. Holy moly, you're going to learn so much by following this guy. I mean, honestly, it's going to be such a game changer. And the recommendations that you gave today were fire. So excited. Thank you so much for taking time to have coffee with us today. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Um, And we're going to turn the tables. Kim's going to come on my show, Feb 8th. And we get to turn the tables and I get to grill you in all the questions. So if anyone wants to-
0: The party continues.
1: It continues. Thank you, Kim. This was a total treat. I've been looking forward to this. um, And it's been a joy doing this with you and your community. So thank you.
0: I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of the week and I will see you right back here next Wednesday, same time, same place, 1 p.m. Eastern. Bring a friend. We love newcomers here, but it was so good seeing you and have an awesome and safe weekend. See ya. Whew, that was some good stuff. Thanks for being a part of this week's Coffee with Kim. If podcasts are your thing, subscribe to the show and you'll see a new episode appear next week in your favorite listening app. If you want to be a part of the conversation, join us live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern over on LinkedIn. You can RSVP at getcoffeewithkim.com. I want you to have your questions answered because why should I get to have all the fun? And let's be honest you know how to ask some hard hitting questions. My guests and I cannot wait to meet you. See you soon.